0: Hi, and welcome to episode 20 of Talking with Painters, where Australian painters talk about their lives and art. My name is Maria Stolder, and my guest today is Alessandro Lubacic. Alessandro lives and works in Sydney. He has had seven solo shows and over 25 group shows over the last 10 years, and he's been chosen as a finalist in several awards including the Doug Moran National Portrait Prize and the Mossman and Paddington Art Prizes. Alessandro's work is easily recognisable. He uses thick textured paint and dramatic use of colour which makes his floral inspired paintings appear to emerge from the canvas. His paintings range from the representational to the pure abstract and he keeps pushing the limits of what he can do with what we call oil paint. His recent work ranges from very large uh, semi-abstract paintings which are up to four and a half metres wide to small abstract colour studies which can be up to eight centimetres deep in oil paint and they really lie somewhere between painting and sculpture. But Alessandro also has a mind for business. He's the owner of the Sydney Art Store which he founded while he was still at art school. And you'll hear him tell the story of how that happened and why it's important for him to keep that business as his day job despite his success as an artist. As always, the works we talk about can be found on TalkingWithPainters.com. I started by asking Alessandro where he was born and what recollections he has of art in the early years.
1: Well, I was born in this little town called Jaitze in Bosnia. It's a 14th century town. Um, right. So it's got a lot of history behind it. It's got a you know beautiful castle on top of the hill. Um, and that's where I was born as my parents were um, raised. But oh, we fled because of the civil war, the Yugoslavia civil war. And then we... Um, how old gran- were you then? Um, I was about... How old was I? I was about six years old. Um, right. Yeah. Do many. you
0: have any memories of those early years?
1: I do... A few memories. Um, not, not too much. I had all, always the good memories...
0: Yeah. You know. So you don't uh, remember any like actual conflict. Or
1: no, anything? we we left just before it really got serious, and of course, you know, um, just before we left, my parents basically left pretty much ninety nine percent of all our goods, thinking, "Oh, look, once, once things cool down, we'll return." Of course, that never happened. Oh.
0: Gosh. <laughs> so just left with nothing. Just left with nothing. And why did they choose Australia?
1: Well, we had uh, my dad. He came here for a year in eighty oh, seven because we okay. have cousins here as well.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um. So we thought. More better way to I guess to start fresh or go somewhere else where it's you know a land of opportunity but also for a fresh start it's peaceful you don't have to worry about you know your safety yeah so yeah. um yeah through our family we we sort of came here and um mm-hmm. never looked back
0: and so you went uh, what do what are your earliest memories of of drawing or painting or um,
1: one or of my earliest memories was when I was in primary school year two um I did this random little watercolor painting during class when we were having you know arts and crafts session, and I did the Harbour Bridge and you know the Opera House on the, on the left, looking at the Harbour Bridge with the water, yeah. um, and the teacher thought it was fabulous. I, I you know I had to go and get a sticker from the principal with that, and <laughs> I mean that for me, I didn't think it really clicked. Right. That I really loved doing that. I enjoyed it. For me, it was just natural. It was just sort of. Um, yeah. Another, just another thing I love doing.
0: So it wasn't um, you didn't see your parents or or uh, anybody around you, relatives painting or drawing or no, anything. Oh, so no, you were you you had? No, oh,
1: okay. I mean my parents always said to me, you know, do what you love, whatever yeah. that is, and they always supported that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but in terms of what was around me and and how I grew up, especially you know moving here, I mean the last you last thing you think about is is painting, the, you know all it was basically was surviving getting a job paying you know paying your bills and yeah. and sort of you know trying to f- start fresh that, that yeah something. exactly right that was the whole you know that was the goal yeah that was the goal yeah yeah
0: and and what did you love doing when you were a teenager
1: well early on i started being involved in sports and having that structure
0: oh yeah what yeah.
1: sort of sport it was basketball it was four days a week. I was training before before school. You know, waking up at you know, five thirty. Oh, so
0: you took it really seriously. Oh yeah, it was,
1: it was serious. Yeah, it, it was serious. Right. I started playing for the state team. Also, we you know in our team we were three time state champions. So, so we really took it. You know, I really took it another level. And I always saw myself as possibly even going to. Um, well, I had plans to go to Philadelphia and play college basketball after. after oh right.
0: Yeah, high school oh, and sort right.
1: of sort of doing that. And art was just another thing I just enjoyed. Um, I constantly kept playing, and I got an injury, and I had to take a bit of time off. Oh, okay. Um, And that's when I realised, look, I enjoyed doing it, but I just lost the love for it in in that period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and my high school teacher always said, "Look, you oh, forget it. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get go a Philadelphia You're not gonna do anything. Forget about basketball. You're gonna be an artist." I said, "Oh, well, well, as if, as if." And it wasn't until the um, I think it was Year Twelve, I was selected for a HSC extensive course, um, at National Arts School. So as I like, sorry, it was a, like an extension course at the National Arts School for the Year Twelves. So they selected uh, I don't know about. 400 students or something across the country. Um, And it was during um, the high school holidays where basically we would go in for two weeks and it was two periods um, Mm -hmm. where we'd be just. And I remember, I think it was Lucy Carlton, my teacher at the time, who basically just inspired me, you know, to keep going and and to keep doing what I'm doing. And
0: so it was painting. So it was what painting. I,
1: painting I was selected for. And I could just see myself, you know, this is what I want to do. Because they, they asked us. I think Nigel, who was the head of um, sculpture, sculpture at the time, um, he was the head of that whole program. And he and he said to us, you know, if any of you guys um, want to do, want to take this seriously, this is what you'd be doing. If you do come back here, I could see myself doing this, you know, painting every day. Yeah. And, and then I applied. For it, and I got into um, actually got into SCA and the National Arts School. Oh,
0: yeah. um, so Sydney College of the Arts, yes, correct, Sydney yep. College
1: of the Arts. And I thought, um, you know, the fact that I had this experience in National Arts school and everything else it was, yeah. it was, it was a no brainer,
0: yeah, exactly. It was a and what was it like when you went to National
1: Arts School? Look, I loved it, yeah. I loved it. I mean, I was always very um, determined but also very focused and driven in what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So that was that was painting, and I took every single project. Um, I wouldn't say extreme, but I took it seriously. You know, I wanted to. It was almost like I think the discipline and also the the challenge and the hard work from the basketball and the training, and everything. That's what really kicked in. Oh,
0: the work ethic. The
1: work ethic, yeah. and that's what it was. Yeah. Um, I think if I didn't have that, it would have just just been like airy fairy. But even to this day, I mean, I was here last night in the studio till quarter past ten. Yeah. You know, it's Sunday night. I was in the studio. And this morning I arrived here 6am. And people. And go, not
0: because you want to, it's because you know you have to.
1: No, it's, it's because I have a purpose. Mm. And because not only that, I love doing what I'm doing. And at the same time, I have this opportunity of... It's, it's like when you give someone an opportunity, hey, we've got these two amazing Australian leading galleries... Here's your chance to exhibit with them. Mm. Now that's now that the, we'll give you an exhibition in Melbourne with Scott Liversy. Beautiful space. The mm. whole space is yours. Mm. Why wouldn't I work every single hour I can get, every yeah. single minute, making sure I make the best and the most of that opportunity? There's no, you know, instead in sort of thinking about it or not. I mean, when you're given that, why wouldn't you m- want to yeah, make exactly. the most of it? And yeah. sometimes I think people, when they do get into the, they they forget about how many other people are on the list wanting to do that.
0: That's right. You know, I mean, that, that's the
1: way I think about well, it. Well, it. it's sort of the and
0: pinnacle in a way for is, an artist, isn't exactly it? It is not it Exactly
1: right. And if I was to, I mean, I've always wanted to do that. And now that I'm in there, why would I take it for granted? Yeah. And there's, and no
0: there's only, well, also with that, we were saying before, there's only a limited number of paintings you can do in that time. Oh, of course. And that's course. And that's when, a, when an artist does become well-known and sought after. That's mm. why their work is so valuable because it's, there's a limited
1: Correct. quantity. Correct. Correct.
0: Um, so when you, uh, when you first left National Art School, what sort of work were you doing?
1: So basically I applied for honours and two weeks before my honours I thought, do I really want to be writing a bloody thesis, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and painting. You know, I'm so driven and I saw, uh, so know what I want to do, which was to paint. It took me about seven years to figure out what to paint and how to paint mm-hmm. because I had to forget everything I learned and sort of find myself again.
0: Okay. Uh, you know, in art. what way? What do you mean? Well, at art
1: school, you know, when you go, you, you learn a lot of techniques, you learn a lot about, you know, the, the meaning behind the work um, and it's almost like they break you down mm-hmm. so you can sort of embrace all these different ideas and what the art world has to offer and then you have to sort of jigsaw puzzle it together and find who you are as a painter. Okay. You know, and I tried a lot of things I tried, I tried this almost like super realism and, and I tried working with resins and I tried you know, almost like sculpture slash paintings which what I did at the end of the year mm-hmm. um, the grad show but it wasn't until you know, six years after I left I'm like well, hang on a second I love to paint and I love colour and I love to use a lot of paint mm-hmm. what am I doing? Mm. Why and why am I not doing that? Yeah. And it was when I stopped caring about me pretending to be someone else or what I learned and wanting to be accepted by certain galleries is the day my work really um, started getting noticed. And also when I banned everyone from my studio until the work was done.
0: So, that, so what, because they were putting their input well, well, into it? Well, for
1: example, one thing I had, um, obviously because I have the store, uh, I guess, downstairs and the studio upstairs, um, you know, I have a lot of well-known, established artists and full-time artists. So they'll always ask me, oh, how's your, how's your show going? Or how's your painting going? And I'm like, well, come and have a look. You know, this is what I'm doing at the moment. And then they'll come up and they'll have a look at the, look at the work and they go, you know, I love, I love that, but I don't love this. Maybe you should, Maybe you can try this or maybe you can add that. And that wasn't wrong. And that wasn't right because that was their vision as an artist. Yeah. But it wasn't mine. But what happened, because as artists, we're like sponges, we absorb things. And um, so, of course, what I did, the particular artist or whoever suggested something, I would go in and sort of try to put that in my work. Mm. And before you know it, I've just ruined the whole show. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then I'd just, I'd, just, I'd just be like, well, this is what the hell am I doing?
0: Yeah, and then it's not your thing No, anymore. it's not my thing. It's yeah. not who I want
1: it. Because one thing I've noticed and one thing I've realised is that when your painting is up on the gallery wall, it has your name on it, no one else's. Yeah. If you're happy with it, that's all that counts. Yeah, exactly. That's all that counts.
0: So what was it that... Uh, so there's not a particular incident or influence that made no. you you come to this, to, to your current sort of work, which we maybe we should well, talk about that
1: actually. Well, it was... Well, look, I had this exhibition at... Um, one of my first exhibitions at Willara Times Art Gallery up at Queen Street. It was almost like this, I guess, bright colours, but it, the, the work was almost like super realism with a bit of spray paint. You know, I tried to do a bit... And you can see within the work I was quite confused in what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of the sales, the show was, was pretty much sold out, but I didn't enjoy doing the paintings. Right. And looking at the, looking at them at the exhibition, which I had an amazing turnout, you know, all my, you know, everyone came. But I was not a hundred percent comfortable with where the work was going, and and who, almost like it didn't represent who I was.
0: Okay, and so how did you tap into painting the way that you feel that you are?
1: I just thought, look, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and I don't really care. And I took this, and I took it. I took a risk in just using X amount of paint, which is a lot of paint, Mm. and I thought, look, I really enjoy doing this.
0: Mm. Um, Actually, I want to ask you about that. Yeah. Was that a a big step to say, okay, I'm not going to worry about the amount of paint I use? That was a huge step. Yeah.
1: That was a massive step because um, all of a sudden from thinking about how much I'm spending on a show to actually thinking about Well, am I creating what represents me?
0: Yeah.
1: And when that happens, all of a sudden things start changing and things start evolving, which is an amazing position to be in, but that's not to say I didn't take any risks because I took massive risks.
0: I could imagine. Massive risks. I can imagine because that would have been a huge outlay. Oh,
1: huge, huge. And I didn't know if they were going to sell or not. Yeah, exactly. It was just one of those things. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: But this is where I'm going, going back to what I said earlier. It's almost like I had a purpose of... This is, this is what I do, this is who I am, and I'm not going to change it.
0: Well, this is fantastic. I mean, we're, we're sur- you've got a show coming up very soon. We've yes. Scott Leversee in Melbourne. Yes. And we're surrounded by these magnificent, <laughs> glorious, luscious paintings, which are floral-inspired, um, sort of semi-abstract paintings. Mm. Um, can you tell me how you started off in, with this sort of inspiration?
1: But how this whole idea started off was a girlfriend of mine was opening a dental practice, believe it or not. Okay. And she said to me, look, I want you to do the whole dentistry, you know, in your paintings. I want bright colours. And I thought, what can I do that will not only be bright colours but fun and I I guess, you know, that will sort of relate to the colours? And I thought, what better way than nature than flowers? So I did this series of flowers whilst at the same time, I was giving a few paintings to um, Katrina down in Art mm-hmm. um down Double Bay at the time I was showing with her, and the paintings. I mean, you know, we received an amazing response. But the first few paintings where we put in the window, there was a florist across the road, Sean Cook, Mr. Cook.
0: Ah oh, yes, yes. And
1: you know, the first painting I was in the window. I, was, I just think he just he looked at it and he bought it straight away. So after meeting Sean and realising you know, he's a florist and that's why I love the painting, so on and so forth. Yeah, He does um, amazing flowers. Oh, beautiful, yeah. yeah. He's
0: a designer, really, isn't
1: he? He is. And he knows colour, you know. Yeah. So having that conversation with him, I thought, would you love to collaborate? So the first two shows um, we collaborated where I basically said, hey, Sean, I want to do something bright reds, bright magentas. Um, can you make something for me? Yeah. And he would, you know, and he'd bring over the flowers. So arrangements. And arrangements. And yeah. I'd never tell him which flowers. I had no idea anything about flowers, no idea about anything, you know, what was in season, but rather just colour and oh. let Sean do the hard work. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> so when he brought that, hmm. you'd paint from, from that?
1: So no. So then what would happen was that I would have taken about 100, hundreds, I should say, of photos of that arrangement. Right. Different angles, different you know, from yeah, the top, yeah. side, bottom. Um, and then what I would do then, I would start up photoshopping them and making different compositions onto the various size canvases I want. So I'd sort of plan of how I'd want it to sort of sit. Yeah. So that's where the idea, that's how it started.
0: Oh, so you had the composition already sorted out. So you spend a lot of time on that part of it? Oh,
1: of, of course. See, the way I'm painting, the painting needs to be executed within two to three sittings in terms of also the amount of paint, because you can't keep scraping paint, because otherwise each painting will cost you over 10 grand worth of paint.
0: Yep. So, Actually, I should probably should just mention, I don't think we've yes. mentioned this, it is a very uh, thick textured paint impasto technique
1: that you use. Correct, yes. correct. And I use, I mean, with these, I use pure, just pure oil straight out of the can, as you saw, right. so I don't put anything with it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the reason being, it keeps the vibrancy of the paint yeah. when I do that, and it keeps the purity of the paint, which I love. Yep. Um, so my paint... Paintings are first; the composition's already sort of thought of, um, and then I start tackling it, start painting it, and that's when it sort of slowly starts changing and evolving to something different. So uh, different from the initial composition, you mean? Well, no. Um, the reason why I think my paintings are successful is because there's structure behind them. There's a, there's a there's a base which I've thought of. Then over the top, as long as I remain within that structure, mm-hmm. I can change the colour, I can change the flower of the shape, the shape, sorry, the shape of the flower, I can change, within. but as long as it's in, it's in that, it still works. And I think that's why the abstract paintings, even though they're abstract but they're successful, is because there's a structure behind
0: them. Mm. So we were talking earlier about how um, you can come back and work back into it yes. days later. Correct. Is it, so how long could you leave it before you could, you know, I mean...
1: I don't leave it too long. Generally, I would not leave a painting unless it's finished. So I would constantly work on it yeah. until I finish it so I know I'm, I'm moving. At the moment, i have two or three paintings which aren't finished, which I have to go back into them. Yep. But that was because I pushed them so far that I couldn't push them anymore with the painting while the painting was still wet. I would have just turned it into mud. So those paintings I've left because I've had difficulty sort of putting them together, but I will hit them back um, after I do the large Oh, so when
0: in. they've dried? Correct. Oh, OK, so Correct. you will go back to something that's dried? Very dry.
1: rarely, very rarely. Right. But sometimes if I have to, and just to add a few. But that's, uh, that's only a certain section of the painting which I think will bring the whole painting together.
0: And do you find that you... Sort of in a funny way, it's quite a limited palette that magnolia painting, Correct. isn't it? Correct.
1: There's like there's like f- three colours in there, four colours. Yeah,
0: and would you mix would you mix paint often on the palette before you use it?
1: No, mix straight onto the canvas. That's okay. what that's what that's how you get those. Um, I guess the mark making, but also the energy of the.
0: Of the that's right, paint, because yeah. you've got these beautiful, you know, marks made with the knife and it's just, yeah, it's mixed those colours together on the actual surface, which yeah. is just, you're right, it, does, it creates a totally different effect than if you paint And colour. it's one of those things, Mr. if
1: someone said, you know, do, can you do the same painting or can you do it, you can't. No. It, it's one of those spontaneous yeah. things where you're just in, in the moment, and I think that's what's so special about the paintings as well. You, you, can't, you can't copy them, you can't try to redo them. If I ever tried, it would be a completely different painting.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every time. Do you, do you get uh, commissions much? Do you do any I don't, I don't,
1: I don't I don't take commissions, but what I do, um, I don't take commissions in a sense of when someone comes up and says, hey, we want to do this. And the only way I'd take commissions is, is if the gallery says, look, it, it's, a, it's a collector that already has one or two of your paintings, they will have this beautiful space, can we do something? And generally, um, in the past, they've given me the size yep. and they've said... Previously, we loved this painting of yours. So it could have been, you know, a a small colour painting or it could have been a small painting which is about a metre by metre, but they want a five metre. So what they've shown me, they've just shown me the idea of the colour palette and that's it. And then what I would do, I would do um, two or three paintings that would be exhibited in the gallery and the client, without taking any deposit, without doing anything, they can then go to the, have the first pick of the three paintings. Oh,
0: okay, that's a good way of doing yeah. it because you're still doing your I'm, own I'm still, art practice. Exactly, exa- I yeah. will
1: not. One thing that I cannot stand and I will not do is, I guess, work directly with interior designers or, or, or clients that want a particular painting that will match their couch
0: yeah
1: (laughs) you know in in terms of the color in terms of how much of the color to use in terms of where to use it yeah it's like well you can just do the painting yourself with me i want to paint things because i love painting them yeah um and that's why doing two or three paintings i'm not thinking about the commission but rather i'm thinking about just the painting that i want to do
0: Yep. And um, say so somebody wanted to try this sort of, you know, impasto thick texture yep. paint. Well, what's one of the tips you would give them? That, that's a bit of a trap for young players that you would well, say. They can, you have look,
1: to do? they can always, you know, try acrylics and adding a few different impasto mediums or a light molding paste or something with the paint. That will be, you know, a quarter of the cost, but at the same time they can see if they if they love painting that way. I guess. Yeah, right. And then sort of build it from there. Yeah. Yep. I mean, when I first started. I mean, the paintings weren't this big. I mean, they're only this big at the moment because I do have that following, lucky enough, and, Mm. you know, the galleries who have that beautiful space to show the work and are able to sell the work. So I will invest um, in more material because this show, at the moment, it's about, it's about, we're up to 47,000 worth of paint. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but in saying that as an artist, I think it's very important that, like I said, when I first started, it was smaller works. I just used linen and sort of build my way up because I feel like if people, if collectors or people who love your work, are going to part with money for your work, you want to be able to say, you know what, I gave you the best possible material and painting, and yeah. I gave myself as 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 I could.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd love to talk about your studies that yeah. you do. They're amazing. Um, uh, swathes of paint. So there's uh,
1: there's big blobs of paint. Okay. If, if, if you want, if, if, you want it if, if you want just English plain language.
0: So they're basically just large blobs of paint on these surfaces, <laughs> which are just pure colour. Yes. And 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 can you give me? Um, uh, can you explain what the purpose is of those small
1: works? Well, how those paintings always start. They start also as those little palettes are my palette. Well, those painting panels, I should say, they start as my palettes. So I also mix my paint on those when I first start. And sometimes I'll squeeze out or use more than what I should because sometimes I never know how much I'm going to use. So then instead of wasting paint, instead of throwing paint away, I'll start creating these little palettes with them. So the, there'll be a relationship between the large paintings and the small ones because I'd be using the same colour and the colour left over and so on and so forth.
0: So well, it's yeah. like zooming into one of your big paintings, correct. isn't it? Correct, correct. Um, they're, they're amazing, um, vibrant, small works. Yes. And they're basically sculptures because Pretty they're much. so thick. Correct. I mean, correct. they're and, up and to, the what, 5 centimetres, 10 centimetres? They're, are,
1: they're up to 7, 8 centimetres in height worth of paint. Yes. You know, there's, there's quite a bit of paint in there and... Um, you know, and we pop them behind perspex, yeah. um, you know,
0: Like a box, like, like, a, perspex like a perspex box.
1: box. So they, you know, so they are almost like objects, not just paintings. Yeah, definitely. So you can, you know, pop them on your on your vanity or pop them on the wall or whatever you want to do. Mm. But they're a talking point, because everyone associates paintings with paintings, I guess, on a wall. But what about painting on your? I know kitchen kitchen table or painting, which yeah. I have someone do, or painting on uh, TV stand or something. What and sort of
0: reaction do you get from people when they see them?
1: They're gobsmacked with, <laughs> with how much paint there is. They're like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that's what artists say because artists know how much yeah. paint goes in there. But how with, long
0: does it take to dry?
1: It all depends on the colour. Uh, I mean, yeah. with them, I start them just before I start, well, as I start my show. And to produce around twenty to thirty of them, it takes me about six months, oh, okay. because that's how long a show will take me. And the reason why they're behind perspex as well is because so you don't touch them, because obviously they'll form a skin and, you can, and they'll mm. be stable um, mm. within the first two months. But then, if I was taking them out of the perspex, say a year later, they'll still be soft in certain areas depending on the paint. So, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, it can right. take it take a while before they fully cure.
0: So, so you set up this art this art store that we're, we're upstairs in.
1: Oh, I did, I did. So it was in third year of the National Art School where um, at the time they had the William Fletcher Scholarship going and we thought, oh, all the painting students have to apply for it. You know, why not? I'll give it a go. And I was one of the three that was selected and we've got, I think, it was a $3,000 cash. I thought, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. You know, what am I going to do with yeah. this? So... Um, at the time, I was spending so much money on materials because I was using... Uh, I tried to use... You know, one, one thing my parents always said to me, it doesn't matter what you do, you got to do it to your best ability and you've got to use proper materials mm. if you want the best results because how else are you going to get anyway? Yep. You know, you can't use, um, you know, Bunnings wood to make stretches and then go, hypothetically, go to Olsen, Olsen Gallery and go, hey, do you want to represent me? And, you know, your all bowing out. You need to... Scrape together and make sure you get the best, and that's what I did. I mean, you know, I put everything in the credit card and worry about it later.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, so I figured, look, what can what can I do with that? And um, I thought, you know what, I'll do an online store. At the time, it was much easier than what it is now. So, a credit online store called the Sydney Art Store, which made us look uh, a lot bigger than what we are yeah. at the time. Now we are big. Did but you
0: not have a, an actual store? No, I started
1: in my bedroom. <laughs> I started in my bedroom. So I, I called the supplier and I said, hey, we're the Sydney Art Store with this massive store online and we, we want to buy from you. And um, they said, yeah, no problems. I said, look, uh, we're happy to buy. If you want, we'll give you, you know, 3000 cash for the material. So I had these two little paint stands in my in my bedroom at home and, um, <laughs> and then the students started ordering. And then the school at one time I told the um, tech department what I was doing and they said, oh, can you give us a quote? on you know 64 litre tubs of gesso which was something like you know 5 grand and I said well tell me what you're paying for it now and I'll beat it by 10% (laughs) so they did you know and they started buying a few things from me and one thing went to the next so in third year I got into honours and two weeks before I thought you know what I'm so motivated I know what I want to do um, which is just pain like I said earlier I don't want to be doing thesis that's that's, that's not what I do I'm, I'm a creative so I decided to not go to honours. I decided to open a store, which was going to be my source of income, whilst at the same time keeping myself in the arts community and being able to pay the bills while I still paint. You know, I do it because I love it. I, I, it, was, it was never, it was never an intention to um, make money. Or I mean, I've got I've, at the moment, I've got so much stock mm. that, that I purge. I mean, I could open another three stores, but I'm not interested because what I want to do, I want to be able to. You know, be here, paint, and not being worried about my bills. Yeah, um, that was the whole idea. So I had a purpose, I had a meaning behind yeah, what I wanted to definitely. do. So I think with every artist, if they have a purpose in what they're trying to achieve, how could you really go wrong?
0: And you have, you get energy from that too. Exactly don't you? right. You've exactly. Got
1: a goal. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing with you know, um, I work six days a week, nine till six, and mm-hmm. Saturdays ten to five, and I managed to do two shows or shows every year, because I paint after work.
0: So you mean you work in the store those Correct. hours?
1: Correct, So yes. you
0: actually paint outside of those hours? Correct.
1: So for me, the painting is an escape from the from the business side, or, or from, mm. from work, and work is a sort of escape from here, mm. whilst at the same time keeping the two very close and keeping them... Um, Well, there's a relationship between the two. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, that's great.
1: So I I think it's important to do that because the way how everything's going at the moment in terms of my art the last two years, I could just paint full time and survive on it. But I feel like then there will be this burden and there will be this pressure of Mm -hmm. I need to sell because, well, I guess the money's running out or I just spent another 50 grand on paint. Is my next show going to sell or not? Whereas this way, the fact that I have a day job and I still work my ass off as say you know I do it because I love it mm. and for me when the, when the galleries do sell those paintings for me it's a bonus you know so, so, so with that what I would do I would invest in better quality material like for example with this show I've got the dye bond and the cedar at the back we have never done that before because boy, well, it was so expensive yeah so that's what does all the do.
0: dye bond do does it s- it makes it gives it's it a, a s- surface stronger surface
1: so dye bond is ba- it's basically an aluminium piece of um, oh, what do you say? It's aluminium sheet yep. that, that, that would go. That a lot of framers use it, and, and archival go You know, and also um, museums use it for framing or uh, backing backing work because it's doesn't absorb moisture and and it's acid free and all that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'd use that so that canvas doesn't flap, whilst at the same time I can put my works flat and I can also hit them as hard as i want in terms of with my palette knife and i'm not worried about ripping the canvas i'm not worried about hitting the brace at the back of the canvas i'm yep. not worried but you know it's always flat yep yeah whereas before i had issues even though i'd use beautiful stretches if the work was over you know a meter 50 to two meters it doesn't matter how tight the canvas was every time i'd hit certain parts of the canvas i'd be hitting the brace anyone used linen before realized that linen breathes during um, you know certain temperatures. So one day it'll be tight, the second day it'll be loose, and mm. and so on. So whereas this way, it's always remains the same yeah. because there's a there's a support behind yeah, it.
0: Yeah, right. I also often ask my guests about um, their partners when they have when they sort of work in a creative field as well. And yeah. and your partner, uh, your fiance is uh, Monica Rodulovic, and yes. she she's a model, and yeah. she um, was in fact Miss uh, Miss Universe Australia in 2015. Fifteen, yes. Uh, so do you um and I presume she's her her world is in the fashion world, or yes uh, has that influenced your work at all
1: oh, look, I think it has in terms of um i, I guess the energy of my work because we're so young and bold in what we do, and also our world's very colorful, and I think that's that's where it reflects in my work as well yeah. i mean she's always if you see she's always wearing bright colors and um she's always got a smile on her face and i mean really that's what that's what they're works about yeah that's what yeah, the sure. is about and I
0: suppose also you must see a lot of fashion uh, or you must be exposed to a lot of, of design and
1: fashion oh without a doubt yeah I, I'm, I'm exposed to a lot of creatives as well yeah. um, in a different field but one thing I realise as well one thing I've learned which I believe every artist should learn is the fact that you know the world's very small because of social media, and right. there's no reason why any artist can't have a gallery in, you know, four corners of the globe, because you know now it's so easy for people to see your work, and, and mm. um, through Instagram, for example. Also, another thing I realise is that you can be the best painter in the world, but if you're stuck in this studio and if you've got this secret about your work, you can't sell it. I always tell people you can't sell a secret; it needs to be out there, and that's what. From Monica's industry, that's what I've learned, that collaborations and also supporting each other and working with different companies, working with different artists and helping each other out on a social media platform, everyone wins. Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: you've got a show. I wanted to talk about your upcoming show. So you've got one um, coming up soon at Scott Leversy Galleries in Melbourne.
1: Whilst also in Sydney Contemporary...
0: (laughs) And Sydney temporary. Correct. So you are going to be busy this year. I'm
1: very busy. So, look, as soon as the show's cleared out, which is um, the works have been picked up for hanging on the 14th of April down in Melbourne, um, basically I'll clear my studio and put new canvases up.
0: Alessandra, thank you so much for this interview. I've never seen this amount of paint in a studio before and I find your paintings both technically amazing and beautiful, and I can see why they're so sought after.
1: Thank
0: you. Um, And all the best for your shows this
1: year. Appreciate it.
0: I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alessandro. You can go to the website Talking With Painters to see examples of his work, and there's also links there to things and people we talked about in the show. You can also go to the Talking With Painters YouTube channel, to see a video i made of alessandro in his studio where he also shows the dye bond backing of his linen works uh, that he talked about in the interview and he shares other interesting insights into his process so just go to youtube and search talking with painters and you'll find that clip as well as some other short clips of some of my previous guests as well You can also follow this podcast on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and you can subscribe to the show via your podcast app or else uh, you can find a subscribe button under the play button on the website. Thanks for listening and hope you can join me for the next episode of Talking with Painters.